When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the tour report from Secret Golf. I'm Diane Knox Bayless. I hope you're good and enjoying the Florida swing on the PGA Tour. So last week, the Honda, another first time winner. We've had four in the last five weeks on the PGA Tour. So congratulations to Sepp Straka. We thought Berger was going to get it done. Who didn't when he teed off on Sunday? But Hey, that five shot leads just uh, faded away pretty quickly. So it was Straka, the most southern sounding Austrian I think I've ever heard. But um, it was fantastic to see. So this week it's on to Bay Hill for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Now always a stellar field and on the podcast I'm going to be joined by Elk. We're going to be talking about well, the course, tournament history, past winners. We'll look at the field and give you our top picks in the form of our outright favourites, ones to watch and those dark horses. We have some tales of Arnie as well, of course. But Elk, this week has always been a special one. Yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a beauty for sure. You know, wish Arnold Palmer was still around, but his legacy is well and truly alive. He's everywhere when you go to... Bay Hill, you know, his office was there and all the clips of him played there every day. And it's a great place. It's one of the amazing venues we had on the tour. And of course, Arnold Palmer was there. You know, he was there the whole time. He used to play in the tournament when I was first going there. It was just crazy watching him play the tournament. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed, Diane. This course is very unusual. It, It gives up two distinct champions. One, you know, when you think of who wins at Bay Hill, you know, you think immediately you think of Tiger Woods. I think he's won seven times there, but you think of other long hitters like, you know, VJ and and Ernie Els, Jason Day, all these long hitters. But very unusually, of course, Diane gives up the winners to the shortest hitters. And I have a theory and part of my picks this week, um, you know, play into that, but we've seen Matt Every, we've seen, uh, Rocco Mediate finished second in. Not all these guys won. Molinari, Patton won here. Kevin Nye was second. McDowell second. So when you're playing a lot of dogleg holes, I know in my case, 
I saw these guys just cruise right over the corner and um, guys that were in between hitters, like medium long hitters like me, wanted to go across the corner, but I finished up not being able to do it and I got tangled up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think the shorter hitter doesn't have to worry about cutting the corner. He just plays down the middle. Lauren, Lauren Roberts won this tournament, I think, twice. Great part of shortest hitter we had on our tour. So very interesting mix this week. Well, that's good that you say that because most people are really talking about the fact that this is a long hitters course. I mean, it's the longest course on the Florida swing, over 7,400 yards, par 72. And I think it's very easy for people to make that assumption when you look at you know, Bryson DeChambeau being defending champion, not able to play this week because of injury. But we saw him do some crazy things around here last year. Um, obviously, Rory McIlroy, Jason Day, you know, we go back to talking about Tiger but it's cool that strategy really does come into it and we're going to be looking at that on our tour report this week yeah too bad about Bryson DeJambeau the sixth hole last year when he cut across probably in my mind is is the most outrageous shot I've maybe (laughs) ever seen on the PGA tour Uh, I mean cutting across that corner in the final round where he basically flew it you know I don't know what he flew it 370 380 or something basically drove the ball pin high into the into the rough or the bunker there completely outrageous I think he threw Rory McIlroy off his game because Rory yeah. was right there last year and he hit it he hooked it in the water didn't need to cut a cut across there um Rory McIlroy this week is very interesting I looked at him closely Diane when I think about Rory I never think about what he's doing well I just have a look to see if there's anything that's going to blow up in Rory's game and right now he's sitting pretty nice for someone that's just sort of been out of the limelight for quite a while if he's going to make a run now all the way to Augusta this is you know this is his game's in pretty good shape he's not my favorite though this week He's not mine either, but Rory won here in 2018, uh, 18 under par. I mean, that score was incredible. He's finished in the top 10 his last five years playing this tournament. And this week, he seems to be Vegas kind of second favorite at 12 to 1. Interesting that John Ram is the favorite. It's not interesting that he is the favorite because he's world number one. He's the favorite every week he tees it up. He's 9 to 1 this week, but this is actually his first time playing the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So it's going to be cool to see what Ram makes of the course. Elk, how much does experience count playing in this tournament? A lot. Um, getting on Bermuda greens that we've we've talked about this subtle grain in the in the Bay Hill greens and saw guys like you know Tiger and Lauren Roberts you know these guys that live down there they're just freak putters on these greens I, you know I've been picking Ram as you know on the show quite a bit on the West Coast and I see he's driving number one and proximity to the holes twelve and scrambling is all there but then I look over at this stat that we've accumulated this week which is the last five events on the West Coast combined short game mm-hmm. and Ram is 138th in that and that kind of explains where he is in his game he's always being talked about but if the short game is not any if we see him slightly frustrated Diane on the greens he's always slapping his side when he misses yeah. and misread and so on he has this incredible trait which is Trevino did this Nicholas did this he never blamed himself for anything if he misses a three foot it was a pebble on the grass or if he missed a shot it was the wind blew up and that may sound uh, arrogant, but it's one of the greatest traits you could ever have as a, as a tour player because he's just got the shortest memory ever. And yeah. it wasn't his fault. He he hit it perfect. It was <laughs> something else outside agency. But no, Ram won't win this week. No way on, on Bay Hill. 
Okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you an Arnold Palmer story, Diane. Um, in 1997, I was lucky enough to win the Doral tournament uh, down there in Miami. And I got a call from Arnold on Friday uh, afternoon before, you know, the commitment deadline. And because I always tried to skip Bay Hill because it was just the worst course for me. I was, as I said, in the top trying to go to the corners, you know, seeing these guys cut across and having a nine iron. I'm over here playing the dog leg with a five iron. It was just, and then top it all off. They have four super long par threes, always like a three iron shot for me. And it was like, just didn't fit my eye at all. Got a call on my phone from Arnold Palmer Friday at Doral. And he said, I am so looking forward to seeing you at my cocktail party next, next week at at five (laughs) o'clock. And I get up, I said, I won't miss it. I won't miss it, King. I'll be there. So I quickly committed because he saw that I hadn't committed. So that's why he called me. And um, I won the Doral that week, went to Bay Hill, had indeed my cocktail party, which I'll never forget with Arnold. was great. Missed the cut like I always do, Diane. And then I turned right around and went up to Jacksonville and won that tournament. So (laughs) it proved it proved to me beyond a shadow of a doubt that I could not play Bay Hill in my mind, at least. Yeah, well, um, I uh, the, I was going to add a bit of mystery, but it's pretty obvious that my brother, he's not playing this week. Last year, we went down and walked with him for the final round on the Sunday. I think he shot seven over in the final round. He was playing with Patton Kazire and he didn't play well either. And the two of them walked off and they were almost laughing about just how badly they'd played and Russell said I'll never play this tournament again he's like it'll take a lot for me to play it and and you want to play it especially you know to honor the legacy of Arnold Palmer but he's like it just isn't set up right for me they set it up to be so difficult especially at the weekend and um, so he's not a fan either but it's an interesting time of the schedule for these guys because We've got a lot coming up. I mean, this is almost like the start of the meat of the PGA Tour schedule with the players next week. And then, of course, we're, you know, next up, the big one is the Masters next month. So it's um, it's tough. You can't play them all, but there's always a stellar field for the API. Yeah, and there's a ton of rough this week. We saw a tough course last week at uh, Honda, and there's a ton of rough this week. So what does that mean? And, you know, if you go in it, you're going to have to punch down the fairway and then play a, a shot in. And that's going to, that's going to cause you a lot of stress over four days. Texting with a few of my players that are playing this week. And I said, if you lead the field this week in fairways hit, what position do you think you'll finish in the field? And they were all like fifth, third, fourth, okay. might, might win. So if you're a short hitter or a long hitter, if you get it in the fairway and you can get it up on the green, you know, but when Tiger Woods won it, he was he hit the ball a mile, of course, and he wasn't always in the fairway, as we know. But he was way down there. He was a great he was a great rough player, and he would be able to get that ball uh, up there around the green, get up and down. But Tiger, one thing about Tiger Woods is he never had to show off his strength all the time. I mean, we've seen him win majors where he never hit his driver for the whole week, and he he did he surgically played his way around Bay Hill every year, iron where he needed to. He knew that the dog legs were tricky. And then, of course, par fives, picked up ground, long par threes, picked up ground. And over the course of the week, he just wore us down. Okay. All right. Well, on our tour report this week, we are going to both pick our outright favorite, one to watch, and then a dark horse pick who has to be over 100 to one. And... um, yeah, I'm looking at my three picks. It took me a long time to make them this week. I really had to 
dive through the chart, um, our full chart you'll be able to see on the SG Tour app. And um, if you just go to the media section, you'll be able to check it out there. So you can have a look at all the picks and how we kind of collate the stats and then come to our final decisions. But I'll, I'll go first with my outright favorite because... We have had four first-time winners in the last five weeks. We saw Sepp Straka win the Honda Classic. It was Daniel Berger's, oh my gosh, until Sunday. And you'd pick Berger as your outright favourite last week. It was looking so good until the very end. Yeah, I was talking to my son, Sam. We watched the golf on Sunday and Berger started the course the last round with a five-shot lead. And then by the, about the fifth hole, he was tied. And Sam said, what happened with all that? And I said, well... You know, when you have a five-shot lead, you know, you're, you're very much out on an island and um, you've got to be ready for the guys that are ahead of you because you're last off. There's got to be, you've got to be ready for guys. By the time you get to the tee, you've got to be ready that someone out front's got hot and they've caught up to you. and You're going to have to mentally be ready to be tied again. Yeah. And not everybody plays unreal with a big lead. You know, Burgers, we, I had him pick because he did exactly what we thought he would do. In fact, my, what I thought he would do, which is, hit the ball lower, putt good, you know, keep the ball in play. And he was had a five, six-shot lead. He bogeyed 18 on Saturday. He had a six-shot lead. So, yep, not everyone is comfy with that five-shot lead. Berger got stumbled out of the gate. The other guys got hot, and then he wasn't able to match him coming in. But uh, Seth, he hits the ball long. I think he led the, led the tour on the weekend with driving accuracy or strokes gained off the tee. So he sat himself right in the center of the fairway on this super hard course and Great for him. We've been looking at him all season, waiting for him for that breakthrough. He played his game. Daniel Berger had a great attitude afterwards, though, and I think it's, uh, you know, you see these kind of final day collapses sometimes and think, oh, there's going to be scar tissue there. I don't think there will be with him. I think he's going to bounce back pretty quickly. And, you know, players next week could be a great fit for Berger the way he played, you know, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. But anyway, um, I was talking about the fact that there's four first-time winners in the last five weeks because I'm going to continue that trend. And... Um, I just I was looking at it I was back and forth with this guy and then I thought why not just have another first time winner a guy who has been on the verge of getting that debut win for such a long time really I would say since the Masters last year when he finished runner up to Hideki but I'm going with Will Zalatoris at 28 to 1 so my reasons are, first of all, just the kind of like the good karma around these first time winners right now. But there's such a premium on driver and iron play this week. And his stats are so good. He's first tee to green, first approach, ninth greens in reg. And then, you know, I, I kind of decided on him already. He had that runner up finish at Tory Pines a couple of weeks ago. And obviously Tory's such a challenging course, finished T6 at the Amex, but he finished in a tie for 10th at this tournament last year in his debut. So I'm thinking that if there's ever a week that Will Zalatoris can get rid of that little bit of scar tissue that he saw at the Farmers Insurance and get that win that has been hanging over him for such a long time, then this week could be the one. So Will Zalatoris at plus 2,800 is my outright favourite. Well... You know, we saw Will, you know, at San Diego uh, play Unreal, got beaten a playoff, and then he then he got COVID and, and had to skip Pebble Beach. We thought he'd do some good stuff up there. And then I think he came back and we said, well, we're never going to pick a guy that's come off COVID. They've always, yeah. they always come out flat after COVID. So you've got the right window frame here, Diane, to put Zalatoris into. 
the only question about Zalatoris that everyone who listens to our show or anyone who watches golf knows that he's got a bit of a dodgy putter. Mm-hmm. And I look at the list of all these players, whether they're the long model, and of course he fits into the long model, or the short one, all of them can putt. And it will be a higher score this year. So Will Zalatoris kind of matches that thinking because he doesn't have to putt, you know, the lights out. But until Zalatoris can, I think, you know, We've all seen it. We see the loop in his stroke under pressure. So he's got to he's got to get that straightened out, and there's no doubt he will. And uh, that's a good pick. And you're right. I mean, we we all saw it, and it was painful at times watching the Farmers Insurance Open with these short putts, and there's just this kind of like higgledy piggledy loop, and you knew he was going to miss it before it even struck the ball. But I was looking back at uh, putting stats for the. Um, I was looking at past winners. I was looking at guys that had finished in the top 10 and, the, you know, their their putting was never unreal. So you can almost get away with being an average putter to do well this week. But there's no way that Will Zalatoris has not been working on his putting with the COVID and then, you know, regaining his strength. Surely <laughs> he has been doing some work on his putting. <laughs> Yes. And what was that piggly wiggly? Can we have that? Can you tell me that again? The piggly. <laughs> Did I say higgledy piggledy? Or... <laughs> yeah. And what, is that, that Sco- what is that? What is that Scottish for? Uh, the Scottish for he messed it up. <laughs> okay, it was good. all over the place. Okay, good. Well, my pick outright favorite this week is a little different. Um, there's a lot of good players, obviously, this week playing the tournament. This one, this guy has quietly just been putting together an incredible season. Um, he's sort of been in the middle of this sort of whole sorty discussion a little bit. Not The name has not been up in the papers, but they've been talking to him. Finished second here a few years back, just when COVID hit, because we saw him the next week. Um, very patient player, long hitter super putter and I'm looking for guys that you know I saw Westwood here last year play really well behind uh Bryson DeChambeau and this is a similar game Westwood's very experienced doesn't get flustered but this week I'm I'm looking at Mark Leishman because you know not because he's Australian but he plays good here he's long enough to cut the corners he's very patient if he has to pitch out he's so good a putter he's probably one of the best probably the best putter in the field um, I'm looking at Leishman this week, Diane, to he's going to win soon and I've just got to catch it on the right, on the right wave. He's ready to go. He's looking forward to next week. And this is a good run for him. A lot of rough Leishman plays good on these really big courses. And well, obviously won this tournament. When was that? 2017. He's had a runner up finish as well. He loves this course and he's openly talked about that. So I looked at Leishman, knew you were going to pick him. <laughs> so I you thought did, I knew it. I almost picked Rory, just okay. because, but I think, I think Leishman putts better. Well, of course, I know he does. I know he putts better, but I think he's a little bit more patient. And I think Rory, we saw what he did last year when he tried to cut the corner at six and went in the water. And Rory is so good, but, you know, if he played a more of a sort of a, a complete game uh, strategy-wise, I think he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be the outright favorite by Ma. And Leishman's plus 4,000. Rory is plus 1,200. So, yeah, you can make a little bit more money off Leishman. So there you go. I love that pick. Um, Moving on to the one to watch, and I'm just sticking with 
something good here and it's maybe boring it's maybe predictable but um he's been doing so well for me since I started picking him at the start of the year that there's no way I can move away from Keith Mitchell <laughs> so at, I knew you were going to do that I, I mean how can I not he just finished top 10 a tie for ninth at the Honda after a really bad start he really battled to uh, to climb up that leaderboard at the weekend in tough conditions where we saw a huge proportion of the field falling away so top 15 in his last five starts which is so impressive he's found something since it was even before the start of the year his game was on an upward trend but since January he's been flying then looking back at this tournament he's um, finished fifth here in 2020, sixth in 2019. So he's got good history around this course. Keith Mitchell, it's coming soon. <laughs> it has to be coming soon. And is that like a is that like a movie preview coming soon? Yeah, I mean, do you not think that he's playing so well, and he's not just playing well; he's getting really good finishes. So 45 to one, Keith Mitchell is my one to watch yet again. Yeah, when you get going like Keith Mitchell, I saw him standing in the rain to congratulate his buddy last week. I was thinking to myself, you know, I think they went to school together at Georgia and he was just standing there, not even worried about the rain, just completely soaked, clapping for his friend to come in and make birdie on 18. And that was that was nice to see that that was happening. But yeah, Mitchell, when, you, when you're in the top 30 in the FedEx, you're set for next year. You're playing well. Nothing's concerning you about your game. When you get to Bay Hill, you're not worried about a lot of things. Like if you miss cut, going to Bay Hill and you, you know, you know, I'll run you through what it would feel like if you miss a cut at Honda and you went down to Bay Hill and you had driving problems or iron problems, you spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday trying to get that straightened out. Whereas you guys like Mitchell, they're relaxed. They're, they're not worried about anything. They're just going to get loose and, and get ready to play. So it's a huge advantage to be playing well. Speaking of finding something, my um, one to watch this week, Diane also had an incredible last round at, Honda, which is a really good sign for this player because four under on the last round to move into the top 10. He's kind of come out of, he, he has a history of playing really well on hard courses, but he's been so out of form. So I have to take very seriously when this guy gets into form because when he does, he's usually fixed something in his swing or fixed something in his putting and he keeps it going. But I'm most motivated for this player from his last round uh, at the Honda, Gary Woodland mm-hmm. has had a pretty good rate. He falls into that longer model that we talked about uh, at the top. Guys that are long, cuts corners, plays good, patient. Had to be patient last week. I mean, when I think of how you play good at the Honda, you've had to hit 15 shots across water last week and on Sunday in the wind and walk around that course in four under. You know you're playing better than anyone out there. He knows that. He knows he played as good a round as anyone on the planet last weekend. So he'll be relaxed. So I'm looking at Gary Woodland to keep it going a little bit. The U S open champion at Pebble beach, Diane, to play good on another really hard week. He, he putted great as well. And it's so good to see uh, Woodland back up there because his game took a real dip and, you know, he's such a likable guy, as you say, U S open champion. He is plus 7,000 this week. That's really good. So, and, and we were talking about the fact that we have um, some kind of different stats that we're looking at this week. And we know that distance and power is so important here. Last five events power, he is sitting at 13th. 
So there you go. That's definitely a good sign. So Gary Woodland is he's in our C tier this week on the SG Tour golf gaming app as well. So he's definitely not going to be overlooked. The dark horse pick. Um, I'll go you first. You want me to go? Okay. Well, you go first then, because uh, I'm I'm shamelessly stealing <laughs> one of yours. <laughs> so you go first. Oh, you yeah. I need a little uh, pronunciation here because you you were you worked for the uh, European Ryder Cup, but Christian Bezadenhut. <laughs> See, I can't do it like you do. <laughs> he was going to be my dark horse. Doesn't quite have as much odds, but he's playing really well. Sixty six to one. He's got okay. some nice stats. Only reason I'm not taking him is not hundred to one, and he's um, doesn't have much experience at Bay Hill. Another guy that doesn't have much experience, but I looked at the board and I couldn't believe it was 100 to 1, Diane, who's 37th on the FedEx Cup. I mean, I think of, I looked at Pat Perez. Uh, he's like 90th in the FedEx. We used to look at the money. Pat's like 90th in the FedEx at 570,000. So what's 37? That's over a million something. 100 to 1. Yep, I'm liking that. Uh, eighth in accuracy. Played good on the West Coast. Done a new stat of accuracy over the last five weeks, driving and power over the last five weeks. Carlos Ortiz, Diane, hundred to one, Houston Open champion with his first victory. Unreal player. Love this guy. Love everything about him. Can't believe he's sitting on the board at hundred to one. So he's my dark horse this week. Okay, I like it. Do you know who else is hundred to one? Is Sepp Straka coming off that win um, at the Honda Classic? You know, which was, it was a, a tough tournament, a really difficult course, tough conditions at times too. And 100 to 1 is a, is pretty good the way that we saw him play. But he's not my dark horse pick. My dark horse pick is someone who you put back on our radar a couple of weeks ago because you had a little bit of inside knowledge about him. And I think you picked him kind of the week before he peaked and um, he finished third at Pebble. So Bo Hostler is 175 to 1, which is amazing because he just finished 16th at the Honda, which is kind of an unfair position because he, he did play better than that. He fell away a little bit just at the end of Sunday. But as I said, that third place at Pebble. And then he has played all right here before, he, you know, tie for 24th at the API in 2020. But, you know, he's made the cut three times here before. He's in our D category this week on the SG Tour app. And we're always looking for guys that are going to make the cut. So he seems to be a really good pick. And his power stat is great, which is uh, one of the ones I was looking at in our kind of new stats that we're taking into consideration. So I am picking Bo Hostler, thanks to you in part, and uh, also thanks to the way that he played last week. Well, I was telling you for ages, I've been watching this kid swing on on Instagram with Dana Dilquist, his coach, one of the great coaches out there. And swing is almost flawless. And I picked him, as you know, at American Express. Didn't get it, but, the, but went the very next week and finished third at Pebble Beach. And then he's, you know, I think he might have missed at LA. And, uh, and then off he went, you know, again, he played good at Honda last week. Shows you how good he's hitting it, finishing the top 15 or 16 at Honda. Yeah, Bo, Bo Hostler. Played, played his golf at University of Texas right down the road from us here. I've seen him a lot when he was younger. Super player, kid out of California. Great putter. And uh, there's nothing holding that guy back. And he's got a pocket full of cash. He's had enough blood in his mouth 
from Pebble Beach getting knocked around that he's not scared. He played in the final group there and, and bought it all the way to the last hole. So, yeah, Bo Hostler for a D player, 171. Yep, you found another nugget. Okay, good. Um, let's talk about the app last week because some of my picks were horrendous. Uh, Satoshi Kodaira was my dark horse pick and he blew up right out of the gate on Thursday. I think he was seven over after the first round. And I kind of wiped my hands of the fact that I wasn't going to win any money on our uh, games on the SG Tour app. But I did. I finished third in our kind of big money game. It's like, called the money grabber. You pick yeah. any four or you pick four players and you take the total amount of purse that they win for the week. So the advantage of that game is, of course, if you have a couple of guys that miss the cut, but you still had the champion yeah. or thereabouts, you're gonna you're gonna have the most money. And and you and your hubby won all yeah. the cash. So it's it was top three P. I, I finished third and he finished first. So I'm like, well, I said to him, Garrett, you know, we're married, so it's like a team fund. So effectively I won. <laughs> so essentially 50-50. You're 30 because became 50 and his 70 became 50. Exactly. So yeah. it, was, it actually worked out all right, but we'll get back in the action this week on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app and you can join in as well. Our full chart is up there. Just go to the media section and it really will help you make your picks if you want to kind of dive through the numbers, especially as we said for the C and the D tier. Um, I just saw that Ricky Fowler is in the C tier this week, which there, you know, you kind of scroll down and that you'll find guys, you know, we talked about Gary Woodland being in C, uh, Danny McCarthy, another one that I've been big on, Sahith Gala, who's having a great season too. So you'll find some nuggets there and then you can play against us in the games. We trash talk. <laughs> we'll be back and forth <laughs> on Twitter over the weekend as well. Um, but yeah, go and check it out, the SG Tour Golf Gaming app. And Elk, it's all set up to be another stellar week at Bay Hill. Yeah, it's a smaller field this week. You know, last week's like the 154 or 138 or something. This week it's like 116. So small fields should be able to get four players to make the cut because if you go through the field in the, in the data, you'll sort of see some guys that you may feel like aren't going to make it. Uh, so that kind of knocks out another 15. So then you've only got to pick, you know, four players in the top, 65 out of like 85 players. So you've got a much better chance of getting all four players to make the cut this week. But um, we saw we saw the winner last week, Diane, 26 over, won the big money game and had one missed cut. So of, of course we want cut makers, but we also want to um, think about our picks because this week you're going to need, there's two models we're using. One is the short and straight with a good putter. Um, and the other is the bomber across the corner, you know, the Rory model. So which one are you going to pick? Exactly. Right. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week. It's the big one, the Players' Championship. So we'll have loads to talk about with our two-time Players' Champion. And um, it's a home event for me as well. So I'll be out of the course. We can check things out, hopefully catch up with some of the Secret Golf guys. And we're all set for a big week. Uh, it's going to be great. Can't wait to see this week. It's always uh, a very difficult week. Thoughts of everything around Arnold Palmer, you know, a great finishing stretch of the last three holes, super easy, 16th par five, and then two just brutal holes, long par three, long par four with all the rocks, iconic finish. I was there one year, Diane, I finished my round. I went up to the uh, behind the green to see the final guys come in, just went up to have a beer with a couple of guys that I played in the Pro-Am with. I finished up being right behind the 18th green in a tent when Tiger came down to the last hole and 
had a 30 footer there. I don't know which year it was one of the last ones where he made that 30 footer across and went down and, you know, put both hands up in the air. And that was, I mean, I was, I was a fan of that day. That was, I mean, always a fan of Tiger, but that was, I was truly a fan because I saw it all happen right there. It was awesome. Excellent. Well, always special moments at Bay Hill honoring Arnold Palmer and we'll be back next week for the players. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.